Welcome to the Independent School Show podcast series. Please enjoy and head to schoolshow.co.uk for more information. Chris Drews, uh, you have come from Knight Frank. I have. And we are really excited to have you because we can talk about all the things we love to talk about. Thank you. You'll have to forgive me. I've got a little aid memoir there. How much is our house worth? And how much will it be worth next week? Uh, tell us the state of the London market at the moment. State of the London... Family homes, not small apartments. State of the London market. Well, just to give um, you a bit of an idea, we deal mostly, not exclusively, in the prime market. Very active in central London and also uh, in the country market. So we divide our business into London and into what we call country, but effectively that's our UK business. Um, the, uh, it won't have escaped you. I think when we, uh, when we all closed the economy um, last, uh, last March, we really didn't know what was coming next. Uh, and of course, the housing market was reopened on the 13th of May. Um, and after an initial bit of hesitation, we've seen the most phenomenal activity. Uh, in answer to the London market, um, we saw a very strong um, surge in... You know, what has been described as the sort of escape to the country type market. Um, and London itself, certainly in the prime markets, um, and you have to remember, of course, in central London, um, it's a very good beneficiary uh, for international buyers as well, of course, which couldn't get over here. Um, London went into a bit of a, a holding pattern, I think it's fair to say. Um, initially, prices contracted a little bit. And then actually... Activity's been good in London, but prices have held. So, but to give you an example of this mismatch, I mean, last year in our financial year, our country sales were up about 30%, which was a, a record. We've never done more business. London was up 9%. So it didn't go away. It was still there in terms of uh, in sales. Uh, but the pricing in London uh, has been quite flat. And in a circular answer to your question, um, in PCL, as we call it, Prime Central London, Prices have just moved into uh, growth cycle, uh, which is for the first time in five years. So um, they've actually declined since uh, the EU referendum and the subsequent sort of political uncertainty around that. Uh, and obviously there's been changes in terms of stamp duty and, you know, higher value properties have, have you know, uh, borne more of that burden, I suppose. So it's, uh, it's symbolic. It was only very small. Um, but uh, Prime Central London has followed... Uh, kind of the suburban London prime outer London and is back in growth. And we actually expect it to be uh, entering into a, an upswing and a, and, a, and a kind of really strong kind of macro cycle over the next few years, essentially. So I think if you're thinking about schools and thinking about what to do with your property, mm. you're motivated by two, two things. Uh, and the first is obviously, I suspect, for our demographic, as it <laughs> were, with young children and thinking about education, the move is... Unless you're staying in London, the move is only one way, which is London to country. It is not country to London. Possibly, although what the, the although um, because it's a useful soundbite, we've all heard about this escape to the country. Yeah. What is probably truer to say has been it's really been the the search for space and for greenery, uh, and that has actually been the real driver that we we have seen as a business over this period, um, and of course. 
there's plenty of that in the country. And lots of people, I think, in the same way in the stamp duty, is a catalyst to get people to act and bring things forward, maybe have decided, I, I, I was going to, to say goodbye to London in a few years when we raised a family, um, but actually I'm going to, you know, Guildford looks attractive or something like that at this moment. So it has been about space. Uh, and what I was going to say is we have therefore seen, um, I came through it on the train earlier, for example, areas like Wimbledon have seen very strong price growth. Uh, and if you look at areas like Wimbledon, Richmond, uh, Belsize Park, they're all areas that offer, if you are in prime central London, a little bit more space and a little bit more greenery for your money. So well, that is interesting because people don't really talk about the outer suburbs. They, they do a binary London country. Yeah, yeah. Well, and quite often it's a good halfway step. Yeah, yeah. So we see people move there. Well, we don't want to move a bit further, but maybe your next move then is to North Surrey, where you're yeah. still within striking distance. You go, to, go up to Cobham or Isha or somewhere like that. Uh, and also, but I mean, on the flip, yes, we have seen people definitely embrace the lifestyle change. The Southwest region has been a very strong performer, uh, both nationally and also for us. Uh, um, so, so the lifestyle element has come into it. But there are steps you can can take, and so you sort of contrasted there Surrey and, and the southwest. I mean, the southwest is proper. Mm. You're definitely out of London. We saw we saw a very strong. But are there sort of towns of like Seven Oaks? We just had there. So, Seven Oaks is a very strong performing. Uh, area so those for kind us of towns well, just outside London. Are... I think the big benefit what what we saw initially um, uh, when lockdown happened was um, a lot of the searches went very far out. Mm. We had a lot of people going, let's move down to Devon. Let's, this is totally great. let's do that. Check. I don't have to work in the office anymore or any of this. And uh, as I said, the South West has done really well and it's performed really well. But I think a lot of that initial enthusiasm then became tempered by a bit of realism. And generally, um, we have seen that the, the South of England has probably overall been the beneficiary. But people were then looking more, you use that example, Seven Oaks, but... Tunbridge Wells, the, the southeast has benefited very well because it does offer people, you know, they're not a mere miles away from, for example, London uh, and amenities, but also you get the space and the extra room. So, so it was interesting. Uh, the southwest has definitely appealed to some people that want the complete lifestyle change. Um, but around the southeast, North Surrey, home counties, of course, have benefited really well. What I would just add that we are seeing and is we're going to continue to see uh, for certain professions with, with potentially work from home is we are seeing the more traditional commuter belt uh, redrawn. So whereas it would always have been, I need to be an hour, maybe an hour and a half max within striking distance of London or, you know, if I'm elsewhere in the country, Birmingham, wherever you're travelling into, uh, we have, we've definitely seen people now incorporating the fact that maybe they won't be commuting daily uh, into the fact that, well, actually, if I live a little bit further afield, or somewhere that hasn't been the traditional commuter spot, my money will go a lot further. Well, that's interesting. On the basis that they'll come into London twice a week, yeah. they can put up with a two-hour train journey. Absolutely. Not, we, and we, they might even stay overnight in London. We recently did a little bit of research around hybrid commuting, and it was on that basis that it was, well, actually, if, if you're only commuting once or twice a week, uh, you may be willing to have a what I would call a long commute you know, three, three and a half hours. But, but by doing that, for example, you could live on the, on the outskirts of the Cotswolds with all that beauty around you sort of thing. So we, we scaled it for regular commuters, but it just shows you that there are 
options and pockets. Because you've done a sentiment survey, haven't you? We, we are currently, I was hoping to have the results today. Um, we are currently doing a sentiment survey. I had a little sneak at it earlier. Um, and interestingly, we thought this might have unwound a little bit by now. Um, but there is still a very strong interest uh, from respondents um, to, to consider living uh, in the country or in more rural locations. Um, I think the other thing that's coming out of it is space will remain a key driver. Uh, I don't think, you know, whether or not um, we're all going to live in the country or not, I don't think we are. Um, but I think irrespective of living in a city or... Um, living in the country, it, it, it's endemic now that people are looking for more space and I think they are willing, with mortgage uh, rates low, of course, and uh, the other situation, to put more money into their homes because they value them. We were all locked up in them for so long. I think a lot of people have taken stock about whether it works for them and what's important to them. And, and also for some professions, if, if you might be working from home, you might want a little bit more breathing space as well. So just one quick question before I, my final question, but I just want to just check, is it media hype when I open the newspaper and it says, oh, the house goes on the market in Dorset and unless you're a cash buyer and you've been to see the house in the first five minutes, you're not going to get it? Well, the thing I can say is we've, we looked at um, some on-the-market data, which is one of the portals which we feed into, and um, there are approximately, I'm going to get this, get this straight in my head now, I think um, since the beginning of this year, there is approximately a quarter fewer listings on the market, uh, in just available stock, partly because it's selling through. But the other side of this has been, obviously we have all read about price growth, uh, which we have at the moment, pretty strong price growth. But uh, the other element of this is if you looked at, uh, uh, well, in England and Wales, the time a house typically is listed on the market, has fallen to 17 days. From? Um, if you looked last, this time last year, when we were in the first rush, it would have been about 36 days. Wow, so um, it's halved. And it, was high, and it was higher around January and February because the market slowed a bit because we were in another lockdown. It would have been higher. So, so there is some, I think there is some truth in, in that. Uh, don't believe everything you read, of course. But uh, Final question. For the 17 days you now have to buy a house, <laughs> where would you buy in London and where would you buy in the country? Um, we have, if you're, it's all about relative affordability. Um, I would tip uh, what we're calling West 2, which is uh, Queensway, Bayswater and Paddington. Um, it is having, uh, it is neighboured by uh, Marlebone. You've got Notting Hill on one side. Um, it is considerably, um, prices there are considerably cheaper, um, as much as 30% below Notting Hill, about 70% below nearby Kensington and Chelsea based on the average sale price. Um, and there is massive development going in there. Um, Westminster is putting a lot of um, money into redeveloping uh, Queensway itself. Uh, there is a huge project um, around the Whiteley shopping centre that will be a big mixed-use development. And, of course, that area actually has more uh, frontage essentially on Hyde Park, um, than the other areas I've mentioned, which of course is what we're all looking for now. So that, that, would, that would be my uh, tip. And the other that's thing- a great it, tip. And it's, on the, and it's on Crossrail. That's worth the price of fashion alone. <laughs> so the other thing is um, anything on Crossrail uh, is looking very good. Uh, so to that point, part roll, if you're going further out in Hamwell, uh, in Ealing, 
They're on the Elizabeth line, as it will be known, and we're seeing a lot of interest around there. Um, in the country, um, slightly, I can, uh, slightly left field, is uh, one of the strongest areas we saw was East uh, performers, was East England, so East Anglia and those sorts of areas in Suffolk. And uh, it performed very strongly in our own index last year, and part of the reason is typically it gets overlooked a bit because people quite rightly think, oh, Norfolk, Suffolk, beautiful parts of the country side or the villages around it, but not necessarily that well connected. I, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a struggle to get to the train station. When, when you are there, you're into Liverpool Street, it's a good connection. So that has performed very strongly, um, but it is an area for, for really for those reasons that has come back into vogue because it now actually offers lots of space, very affordable, but if you compared it to a popular one such as the Southwest, like Bristol or Exeter, um, you know, uh, house prices are lower and they have grown much slower than those areas. So uh, if you want a slice of idyllic rural life, I would, uh, I would recommend East Anglia too. Well, we saved the best till last. I told you it was <laughs> worth staying for house prices. And uh, we better get, we've got 17 days to capitalise on your investment. Get, get on all. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. Thank in. you so much. Take care. Pleasure. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks for listening and please head to schoolshow.co.uk to check out our other recordings.